Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. Miguel Ruiz wrote, one is called The Voice of Knowledge, and the other one is called The Mastery of Love. And often they will sell that, those two plus the four, <clears throat> four agreements, kind of like a trilogy. They'll put it in one of these cases, you know, like this. And I'm probably only going to go through this one chapter. So this is called The Storyteller, Exploring the Characters in the Story. That night in the desert is what I call my return to common sense. I had been living in a story of my own creation my entire life without even noticing it. Once I had this awareness, I started to question everything in my story. Is is it true that I am what I believe that I am? Is what I believe about everybody else true? I reviewed the story of my life And I didn't like all of the drama that I had created. I wanted to reinvent myself. The first step was to take away from my story what I felt was not true and to find out what was true. I discovered that that what I call the frame of the dream is true because our creator creates the frame. And it's the same for everybody. Our agreements about what to call the objects in the frame are also true because this is how we describe our virtual reality. The letter A is an A because we say so, we agree. The word dog describes a type of animal that we agree to call a dog. Knowledge used this way is just a tool for communication, but almost everything that is abstract is a lie. What is right or wrong? What is good or bad? What is beautiful or ugly? I discovered that more than 90% of the concepts that I had stored in my mind were based on lies, especially the concepts that I believed about myself. I can do this. I cannot do that. I am this way. I will never be that way. The problem is not really knowledge. The problem is what communicates knowledge, and that is the lie. I could see that there was a lot of nonsense in the way that we learn to write our stories. How did this happen? Before I was born in this physical body, the whole society of storytellers was already here. So I think that's a pretty big deal to understand, right? That there, like, this is generations, generation after generation after generation of people who have experiences, who ask questions who develop ideas, whether they're true or not true, and then they have new experiences and they collaborate with others and they're hearing other people's stories and disseminating the knowledge that comes down from one generation to another, whether it's religion or superstition. It's really interesting when you start to follow all the different lineages that go up and you go one generation after another and you're like, it's really, it's really interesting what people believe, you know, and they believed is, oh, this is really, really true. And they built their whole life around an idea or a superstition or a witchcraft or 
some God that they created and how God has changed many, many times over the millennia. Before I was born in the physical body, a whole society of storytellers was already here. The story was ongoing, and from their story, I learned how to create my story. The storytellers who are here before each before us teach us how to be human. First, they tell us what we are, a boy or a girl. Then they tell us who we are and who we should or should not be. They catch us to be a woman. They teach us to be a woman or how to be a man. They tell us to be a proper woman, a decent woman, a strong man, a brave man. They give us a name, an identity, and they tell us a role that we are playing in their story. They prepare us to live in the human jungle to compete with one another, to control one another, to impose our will, to fight against our own kind. Of course, I believed what the storytellers told me. Why would I not believe them? They filled me with knowledge, and I used the knowledge to copy the style and then create my art in a similar way. I heard, I heard my older brothers sharing their strong opinions with my father. I tried to talk, and they shut me up right away. Forget it. I had no voice. As I said before, I could hardly wait to have an opinion of my own. It didn't matter what the opinion was. I just wanted to impose my opinion and to defend my opinion with all of that self-righteousness. As children, we witness the way other people relate to one another. And this becomes normal behavior for us. We see our older sister, our brothers, our aunts, our uncles, our parents, our neighbors in romantic relationships. They suffer, but they believe they love. Uh, we see them fight, and we can't wait to grow up and do the same thing. The mentality uh, when we we're children is, wow, this looks like fun. All of the drama that we suffer in our relationships is because we witness so many lies when we're innocent. And we use these lies to form our own story. And think about that. We witness so many lies when we're innocent. You could also say when we're ignorant, when we have no idea what the basis is of what people are telling us. You know, people say this is the truth. This is the way that it is. We have nothing to compare that to in our mind. I continue to study the story of my life, and what I discovered is that everything in my story is about me. Of course, it has to be that way because I am the center of my perception, and the story is from my point of view. The main character who lives in my story is based on someone who really exists. That, that is true. But I believe about me, what I, but what I believe about me is not true. It's a story. I create the character of Miguel. And it's just an image based on what I agree to believe about myself. So just make a little note and say, what do I believe about myself? Just jot that down. <clears throat> I project my image to other people in society and other people perceive that projection, modify it, and react to me according to their stories. Then I discovered that because it's my story, I also create an image for every secondary character who lives in my story. The secondary characters are based on the people who really exist, but everything I believe about them is a story of my own creation. 
Now think about that for a moment. Hey everyone, Steph Tuss here, CEO for Life Is Now. Just wanted to make sure you're aware that David and I are hosting an upcoming three-day boot camp called Work Smarter, Not Harder. The whole idea of the boot camp is for David to teach on deep mindset around how to leverage and scale your business, and I'm gonna teach on the strategy, the things that you actually implement that will allow you to grow and scale your business. It's set for June 20th, 21st, and 22nd, so if you want more information, go ahead and click the link below. secondary characters in each one of your stories, these are all people that exist, but what you believe about them is a story of your own creation. It's a big deal. I create the character of my mother, the character of my father, the character of each of my brothers and sisters, my friends, my beloved, even my dog, my cat. I meet a person, I qualify the person, I make judgments about the person based on all of the knowledge in my mind. This is how I keep their image in my memory. In my story, you are a secondary character who is my creation and I interact with you. You project what you want me to believe about you and I modify it depending on on what I believe. Now I'm sure that you are what I believe you are. I might even say I know when the truth is that I don't know. I don't know you at all. I only know the story I create about you. And it took some time for me to understand that I only know the story I create about myself. For years, I thought that I knew myself until I discovered that it was not the truth. The, I only knew what I believed about myself. Then I discovered that I am not what I believe I am. And it was very interesting, also frightening when I discovered that I really don't know anybody and they don't know me either. The truth is that we only know what we know and that the only thing we really know is our story. But how many times have you heard people say, I know my children very well. They would never do something like that. Do you think that you really know your children? Do you think that you really know your partner? Well, you're probably certain that your partner doesn't know you, but you may be certain that nobody really knows you, but do you really know yourself? Do you really know anybody? I also think that it's interesting that we will we will say that we really, really know someone, and then when they do something that's out of the character that we have projected on them, we're just completely shocked by this. Like totally amazed. Yeah, like mind blown, right? Like it's just, how could this possibly be without, and then we said, we're like, so what is wrong with this person, right? Never considering that this image of this individual that we're interacting with is entirely of our own creation, completely our own creation of how we observe this person based on our own story. I used to believe that I knew my mother, but the only thing I know about her is the role I assign her to play in my story. I have an image for the character who plays the role of my mother. 
Everything I know about her is what I believe about her. I have no idea what she has in her head. Only my mother knows what she is and surely doesn't know either. So there's an idea. One of the ideas behind it is this. There is everything. If you take somebody that's very prominent in your life, there is everything that you know about that person that makes up who they are. And we can say with some truth that that does make up a portion of who they are. But what we don't realize is there's everything that we don't know about that person that also makes up who they are. And it doesn't matter who the person is, there's more about that person than you don't know than you would ever possibly imagine. Even if it is your wife or your husband or your child or somebody you think you know everything about, there is a whole side to every person that is just theirs that you don't know. When I tell people, like very often you'll hear me say, when somebody says, uh, I don't know what to do or I don't know what I want, and I'll, I'll direct them, I'll be like, okay, here's where you start. You start really considering what do you think about in your secret thoughts, the thoughts that you don't tell anybody. And they become like very stoic when I say that. They're like, they're not moving. They're not acknowledging that the secret thoughts exist. They're not saying that they don't exist. They just stand there and listen. But they're looking at me with like, how do you know about these thoughts that I have? Because I didn't think anybody knew about these thoughts. Exactly, because we're so we're so focused on the self, you know. It it's we like we think that there's this whole side of us that nobody knows about, but an aware person knows that side exists. They may not know what's in there, or what you're thinking, or what you're considering. Nobody could really know that, but you. But to walk around and think that somebody doesn't have that part of their personality active in them, and that they keep that secret from other people is to be completely foolish. And when somebody tells you that, like if they say, you know everything that there is to know about me, that is entirely bullshit. It is entirely bullshit. Nobody knows everything about you except for you. That's it. So we're gonna leave it there for today. We're gonna go through this chapter. I think you guys will find this chapter fun and interesting. You're the author of your ongo the ongoing story that you tell yourself. So let's just start with that premise. You're the author. Because you're the author, there is so much that you can change when you become aware that you can actually change it. And when you become less attached to what the story needs to be versus what you would really like it to be. Because the truth is, the story doesn't need to be anything, you know? Um, people will people will, will kind of glom on to the need because they're in fear of losing their self-identity. But if you kind of loosen that up for somebody a little bit where they feel a little bit more flexible, you realize you can really create any story that you want for yourself at any time in your life and become, become something completely different. We've watched great people, great people just in the fact that they're people that have done some great things literally reinvent themselves many times throughout their life and become something completely different, walk away from the past of who they were for 10 or 20 years 
and just become something totally different. It's fascinating to watch when you see people do this because not only will they often change the way that they physically look, but everything that, that made them up for a period of time, they will drop and almost take on a completely new identity and have an entirely new achievement in life. It, it, is, it is fascinating. Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. And if you like what you heard and you want to know more, go to davidnagel.com forward slash free stuff.